Hey guys, Osam here. Just very quickly before we start, Guillaume and I have partnered up with Automation Boutique to write a brand new ebook for you guys called Going Beyond the Buzzwords. It's an amazing ebook that goes through all the things about automation, data, and processing that just simplifies the topics just in the way that we do all the time in Corporate Treasury 101. To pick up your copy, just go into the show notes and click on the link or go to the website and find the partners page where we have a link to the ebook there as well with Automation Boutique. And then here's the episode. Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. In today's episode, we discuss exploring interim treasury management with Patrick Kunz from Pecunia Treasury and Finance BV. Patrick is the founder of Pecunia Treasury and Finance. The company excels in offering financial guidance on risk management and as well as interim treasury solutions to companies all around the world. Pecunia offers a strong commitment to adding value and utilizing extensive expertise in treasury and finance, and they offer services to empower business leaders to concentrate on their core operations whilst managing their interim treasury and finance needs. So in today's episode, expect to learn what is interim treasury management? What are the key responsibilities of our interim treasurer? Are interim treasurers meant to be, are interim treasurers meant to bring specific knowledge to the corporate hiring them? What type of companies generally look for interim treasury management services? And what are the professional and personal benefits and challenges of being an interim treasurer? And of course, much more. As always, we really hope you enjoy the episode. If that's the case, then when you're thinking about how you found the podcast, chances are you found it through word of mouth, social media, or recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And our only request to you is help keep that going. So the best way you can support the podcast is to head over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101. It would mean the world to us and it'll help more people learn about treasury. And with that, please welcome Patrick Kunz. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, let's start very basic here. So what is an interim treasury manager or treasury management? Yeah, great first question. Eh? And then thanks for having me on the show, guys. Um, really pleased to be here. Sure. Like you already say, yeah, interim treasury manager. I'm just a treasury manager or uh, a, a treasurer, um, depending on the job title. Uh, you have to give it a name. The difference being I am interim um, and interim meaning uh, for a short period. So the difference between me uh, and somebody uh, on a payroll is that I do have a dot on the horizon. Uh, I do already have an end date of my assignment before I started, uh, which is fine uh, because it helps me plan and helps me uh, know how much time I have with the company. But that's uh, the difference between interim management and, uh, and the normal treasurer. We are job hoppers. To say it like that, we, we go from assignment to assignment uh, and from client to client with a, with a fixed horizon. Doesn't mean we have less, uh, less loyalty to a client. We just like going from client to client. Um, but I'm probably already uh, answering different questions now. No, 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 it's okay. Please go ahead. So why does a company want to even go out? Because I've not really seen that very much in other professions hmm. versus treasury. So I've maybe a little bit here and there. Um, but interim treasury manager, like you're not the first one we've come across. So okay. why in treasury do companies look, do you think, specific for interim managers? Why are they not just going straight for hiring? Yeah. Well, hiring is a different process uh, um, than 
hiring an interim treasurer. So we, I, I keep saying we, yeah, I mean then the, the interim treasury managers. So we are more flexible. We are often plug and play. So you don't have to teach us things because we have, we have done the trick with, with many clients already. Yeah, we can be hired on the spot. Um, okay, uh, it entails a contract. But if I'm available in half the time, you, you call me today, uh, I can start tomorrow um, if I will be available. So the hiring process, um, if you hire somebody, especially in this market, two to three months and you have somebody on the job, then you need to train them. The idea is that they stay for years uh, onwards, uh, but the, the, the experience level is, is slightly, slightly lower uh, properly. So that's often the reason why, why companies hire me. Um, they need somebody on the spot now, uh, often yesterday, uh, because somebody left, uh, maternity cover, uh, or uh, that can also happen. Um, they have a big project and the project doesn't fit the team. So treasury teams are usually smaller, two, three, four, five people, only the big multinationals maybe have 10 to 15. Um, and if you then add a big project, TMS implementation, uh, a cash management project, changing banks, think about it. Um, you don't necessarily have the capacity in the team. Uh, big accounting teams, they, they might be 50 to 100 people, controlling teams, uh, 150 people, um, uh, go crazy on those. Um, so I, I also sometimes have, uh, have projects where, um, where I'm asked, uh, to come in with a company and they say, you know, we bought a TMS, but we don't have, uh, have anybody in the team who can, uh, can help out and, uh, and implement it. Uh, we just need the capacity, uh, from somebody to help out. And, um, yeah, the, the, I think my assignments are like 60, 70% full interim management. So really cover for, uh, for sick leave, maternity cover, or somebody already left the company and they, and they need the hands. Uh, and I think, uh, 20% is projects, uh, and 10% is, uh, is, is advisory. Super clear. Super clear. And so. For the company itself, the key difference between hiring an interim treasury manager and hiring a normal FT is really the time from, let's say, start to confirm I want this person to actual start. Is that is that really it? Or what are the other differences no. for the company itself? Yeah, the, of course, I have a different contract. Uh, uh, I'm not on the payroll of a company. It's like hiring an external consultant. Um, I send invoices. And so I work mm -hmm. on, a, on an hourly rate instead of a salary rate. But yes, in, in a sense, that's the difference. I'm also a treasurer. Um, I just have a different contract and a different way of paying me. And I potentially have more knowledge than, than somebody on payroll uh, because I've done the trick with uh, 30, 35 companies already. I've seen more in treasury. Are there particular benefits? Oh, I mean, above the obvious flexibility and the fact that the hiring time is I suspect a bit shorter and that you're plug and play as a treasury, uh, as an interim treasury manager. What are the benefits um, of hiring an interim treasury manager versus a more traditional hiring approach, let's say? Mm -hmm. No, uh, what you already mentioned, uh, I, I can hit the, hit the spot running uh, from the beginning. Uh, I, I probably need less training uh, than, than somebody uh, who, who's hired. Um, and you get all the added benefits from, uh, from my experience with previous clients. Um, sometimes I get hired uh, to replace somebody. Uh, and sometimes I do have the luxury to have 
two, three, one week uh, with that person for a handover. Sometimes I don't. To be honest, it, for me, it doesn't matter too much. In the handover, you obviously get taught the way the previous person does it. And during the time, I always ask questions like, why are you doing it that way? Have you thought about doing it this way? Sometimes I get an answer like, no, I've also been taught the way I do it now, <laughs> uh, or we've been doing it like this for the last 10, 15 years. Never considered doing it differently uh, or improving the processes. Or sometimes it was like, we didn't have time to improve processes because we were so busy uh, uh, moving blocks. We, we didn't, didn't have time to invent the wheel uh, to go faster because we were so busy, chicken and egg. So the benefit of me is I sometimes come in and, and I flag things. I see like we're doing cash management in the morning in two hours. I've done it with other clients in half an hour. Uh, what if we improve can also reach it in doing it in half an hour a day. So um, you get an interim manager, but you get a consultant for free, basically, because I will use my knowledge uh, with that company to say, hey, these are improvements, or I will be looking for cost savings as well. I am slightly more expensive than somebody on salary. So I always tried to, to find a positive return on investment on, on myself for that company, looking for the obvious bank cost, cash management cost, bank deposit investments, uh, which is what now uh, interest rates are higher. Savings on fixed management is often a big one uh, because they are hidden costs. So uh, the best thing is obviously if I can save 50 to 100K in the first two months, and I can tell my client, hey, all these invoices I'm going to send to you, I already earned the Mac for you. So, so don't, <laughs> don't worry about those, uh, approving those. So yes, it's, it's an interim manager plus a consultant for free. I love that. And I love that you leaned a bit into the disadvantages. Maybe to bring the question a bit differently. Although treasury is a bit industry agnostic, I think that that's something we can say. There are specificities, right, within each treasury department. Plus you will have certain treasury tasks that are tackled in one treasury department and not another. Some very high specificities on whatever you name it, commodity management on fuel, for instance, for an online company, just saying something. So how do you manage that? I really like the, the point on, okay, I'm bringing the experience from other, um, treasury department that I've been recently in, like, it's not like, oh yeah, 10 years ago, I was, I used to do that in that company. No, it's like fresh hands-on experience from other best practices, but how do you tackle the, okay, there might be some specificity, specificity that you need to know for certain treasury department that normally hiring a full-time employee will take time to onboard on yep. to specific tasks. Yeah. How do you handle that? No, fair question. Um, I can never say I, I've done it all. I've done a lot in treasury and I think for 80, 90% treasury is treasury. Uh, that doesn't matter in the industry. It's all about the cash. It's all about the risk. It's all about the, uh, the debt, the financing. So the, the, these three pillars determine your complete treasury. Um, and, and that's how I also would also look at the, at the treasury. Um, but yes, I agree. Sometimes I, I enter a client and they're, they're very specific processes or, or very specific, uh, uh products, risk types, uh, commodities is one example. I like it if, if I have some sort of handover then, even if the person left, there's always the, the team or the finance team to, to lean back on. The easy answer is if I don't know it, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to ask chase people. Hey, I don't know this. Uh, I'm going to be fair. Um, I need this information. Can you help me? 
Um, and if they don't have the answer, uh, whom can I ask? In, in the rare case where, the, where that's not available, yeah, I, I have to do my own research. Uh, um, I have to Google, I have to find articles, uh, I have to educate myself. That's slightly the responsibility of me then, hired for a certain task. I promise the company I can do this. If I lack the knowledge, I need to grab the knowledge quickly or find the knowledge and educate myself quickly in, in a quick way to learn it uh, in an in a f efficient and fast way to be able to do the job. But that would be the same for somebody you hire that, that they might get slightly more time to learn it and, and more handover on it. I sometimes have more responsibility to already know it and do it immediately. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Have you already had a full-time employment offer after an interim treasury management position? Is it something that happens? Or because I think you mentioned one of the main—I mean, one of the reasons you often get is, oh yeah, there is a maternity leave or a sick leave. But does it happen that, or in general, in the profession, like the interim management position goes so well, as you said, you bring so much benefits and like savings that it completely offset the cost of an interim treasury management? Does it happen that you just in front of a company that says, Hey, Patrick, how about you stay a little bit longer or like mm -hmm. long term with us? Mm -hmm. They can hire me for longer, but I'm, okay. I'm not going to go in the payroll. Um, <laughs> I, I've made my decision. I'm interim manager. I, I want to stay the in interim manager. I want to remain an interim manager. Even if they like me so much, I had the case uh, slightly early in my, in my career as an interim manager where the company liked me and they said, stay with us and and they offered me a very decent salary and i declined immediately and the treasurer was really surprised like patrick this is a very decent offer and you didn't even think about it you, you immediately immediately declined and said like i know it's gonna happen even if i stay two or three years after that time the treasury is done or, or optimized or at a level where you say it's going concern and it's i don't want to say the boring word but it's there's not enough to do anymore for me. And, and then I have to move on anyway. I would hop to another client then. And job hopping um, in, in fixed contracts on, on payroll, uh, that's considered job hopping. Uh, and doing it as an interim manager, it's, it's considered experience. So no, in that sense, I, I really loved being an interim manager and going from client to client. Um, it also sometimes helps being the, the external guy, brings in new ideas and... Um, it isn't affected by the internal politics or, or position of the company, uh, reporting lines. It sometimes helps to to get in and say, "Hey guys, why are you are you doing it like this? Like in the last ten years?" Uh, and turns out, it, if if I shout that, people listen. Um, but people in the organization have have shouted that for, for years already, but nobody listens because uh, hey, you you do your job uh, with all respect. But it sometimes works like that. That, that you need an external voice to uh, to accelerate the change and uh, yeah that that fits my character and uh, my way of working so uh, now nah, I will definitely stay an interim manager for the rest of my life why why Patrick so what is it about interim management that you love so much is it that do you like the control of not being on a payroll is it do you like that do you just like the crisis modes in treasury you don't like the steady state mode and that's just the fun part for you yeah what about being interim manager excites you so much yeah no it, it, it's a change really going into a client and then six months nine months later looking back with the client 
hey, do you remember six months ago you were doing this manually or you were, you were doing this process like companies did 20 years ago? Now we have a system. Now we have a tool or we improved these processes or we made a shitload of money because we, uh, we, we set up extra processes to, for excess cash to earn money. So I like that. Uh, I, I like bringing a, a treasury higher up uh, and improving it. Um, and then when the job is done, uh, I move on to the next. Uh, and it's also fun to seeing a lot of uh, a lot of treasuries from the inside with, with different clients. Um, it helps build build my experience. Sometimes he, I, I do have clients where I'm like, wow, they don't necessarily like the people or that the, the, there's no match, the, there's no click. And then I do my job and, and move on. Um, but I think in uh, 95% of my clients, I have great times. I, I have fun. The team welcomes me and treats me like one of their own, uh, with the only difference that I will move on after a certain time. Um, then, uh, then, then I'm happy. So, is what's the difference between you and a treasury consultant then? Specifically, no, there, there, there is none. Missions. There is none. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I can be a treasury so, consultant as well. Usually, interim management is uh, is the, the, the full time, near full time assignment uh, because I replace somebody or uh, I have a job title within the company. But for the projects, call me an interim manager or call me a consultant. Uh, I, I don't care. I'm more like a consultant then uh, because I'm. I don't fit in the York chart. I'm not put in the York chart. I'm just on top of it. So I might be that, that there's a fine line. There's a blurred line between when I'm a consultant, when I'm an interim manager, I can be both at the same time. Right? Coming back to the same thing, you, you, you get both for the same price. Cause like when, when, so you described a few different scenarios where a company would pick an interim treasury manager. You said like maternity leave, that makes sense. You just come into that person's role. But in the scenarios where there's a big transformation happening inside the treasury, like TMS, bank change, et cetera, are you coming in to manage the day-to-day -day tasks or are you coming to do the project and the change or is it dependent? Yeah, I can do both. And it really depends on the client. I have clients who say, hmm, I have this extra project. My team doesn't have the knowledge to do it. So we hire somebody external who has done it and who will manage it. So we hire it externally. I also had clients doing it the other way around. They had a big implementation, fairly big one, an uh, SCP treasury implementation plus an SCP upgrade. Uh, it's very specific. There they said the other way around, like, okay, we have the people internally already who can do the project uh, and they will do the project. But if they do the project, they don't have time for operational work anymore. So they hired me to say, Patrick, we have a big project. You're not going to do the project because uh, the current people are going to do the project, but you're coming in and doing the day-to-day -day work. Uh, it's usually the first uh, where I do the projects, uh, but in uh, one out of five cases, it's, it, it's the other way around. feels weird uh, doing the operational stuff and you also get to see the projects and my fingers are itching, of course, to say, can I help out or, or what can I do? Um, but no, you have to rely on those people then uh, uh, for the project work. So yes, can be both, but usually I step in for the projects because I have, I've done these projects before. Um, I have slightly more knowledge on those. Um, I've done implementations from end to end. So also quite a, quite a lot technical knowledge, payment types, uh, TMS implementations, uh, connections, uh, and that just helps. That's what the, what the team usually doesn't have because you need to have done one to learn about it.
and why I'm a bit seeing and correct me if I'm wrong. So it seems like the main advantage that a company gets from hiring you to do either or probably the operational side, especially is that you're probably overqualified yes. and over experienced for some of those tasks. Yes. And therefore someone with your level of experience and seniority would typically already be in an assistant group treasurer role or a director role at the very least. But if you're coming in to help the senior treasury analysts, then you can start much quicker because you have loads and loads of experience under your belt and uh, you can get the job done and drive improvements at the same time, um, which probably makes a lot of sense. What, what level are you usually in the scenarios where you're covering for um, a, a hole or a gap in the hiring or maternity or holidays or secondment or something like this? What level are you usually slipping into? Yeah, well, when I just started out, I was 30 years old and um, I finished my last payroll assignment or I was on payroll, wasn't happy with that company. So, so I, I left them uh, and then I decided I can be an interim manager, I can be a consultant, but I'm still 30 years old. People around me said like, it's impossible. Are you crazy? You need 20 years of experience to do that. And I was like, hmm. uh, yeah, I'm passionate about treasury. I think I, I know the basics. I know, I know my fair share um, and I can learn on the job. Um, I'm passionate enough to, to do that. So in the beginning, it, it was difficult to, to land the first assignments. Uh, I started out in, in cash manager roles, having to talk to a lot of people, hey guys, you're only as good as your last assignment. Right? If you just start out, uh, you, you don't have that last assignment. Uh, so, so you have to build your way up. Um, that, that was 11 years ago and I'm 41 now, 35 clients later. Um, so, so now I'm usually for cash manager, I, I would be overqualified. Um, also in the sense that I will be too expensive for, for a cash manager. And in some cases for an interim manager, it sometimes doesn't matter because if I only stay in maternity cover for four months, having overpaying for four months, eh, still okay for a company overqualified on the hiring process. Yes. What if that person stays for five years, then you really overpay for that person, or you don't have the budget, uh, uh, in, in the salary to pay for that person. Uh, as long as, as you have the budget to pay me for my assignment uh, and, and it matches with, uh, with my rate, uh, you know, that then I won't be overqualified and, and it, it will be good to be overqualified, uh, for, for a certain time because you, you get my extra knowledge. Uh, I, I can use that in the, in the time to, uh, to improve your treasury. But usually currently I'm, I'm at a, uh, treasury director, group treasurer, uh, treasury manager level that that's what fits my, uh, my experience and my knowledge. Um, but I don't care about titles, you know, uh, if you really need a cash manager and, and we can work it out, I can be in cash manager. I can, I can, I can still do that. Um, but it has to match uh, budget wise. Patrick, I'm going through your LinkedIn profile and I invite anybody who's listening to us right now to have a look as well, to see what the career of an interim treasury manager can mean. Every six to 10 months, I guess, on average, you'd change position. That means you're literally getting all that knowledge. And that's also what's interesting about a role, right? For the first six to 12 months, you're going to learn or it's like 12 to month 12 to month 24, you will implement and work out. And then as of month 24, you're like over delivering for your role. And that's where typically you'd be up for promotion and that kind of stuff. 
like here every six to 12 months you're changing all so you're absorbing all that knowledge that you can then stack and compound for your next assignment that's that's a very interesting setup i guess that has a certain value as well for other companies than typically corporations who would look for a interim treasury manager or group treasurer whatever do you have assignments or do you know of assignments for interim treasury managers or maybe more with that consulting role that could be hired for i don't know system vendors banks fintechs who are like hey we are looking for somebody with a humongous amount of experience in different companies because we want to develop a product in xyz and that would typically fit the purpose maybe more with the consultant hat because typically you wouldn't be doing operational treasury tasks there but how do you manage that nuance and do you have such assignments once you've stacked this experience typically yes um possibilities are endless indeed um because you you build up this knowledge from a very specialized specific treasury to a treasurer who has uh, really done it all i've done tms implementations where i uh, to step in hardcore in the XML files. So, so I would be able technically to, to write XML files and, and to correct them uh, um, uh, where the codes are wrong. Uh, and it just helps me in my implementation. I don't get overly excited doing that. Um, uh, so that's <laughs> not necessarily where my passion is, um, but it helps me implement quicker. So with, with all this knowledge buildup, um, yes, I could move to uh, to to banks. I, I could move to uh, to fintechs and and system vendors, and and they've they've asked me. I work together with several TMS uh, uh, vendors uh, to help them out in implementations. Uh, if they are very successful and sell many TMSs at the same time, they lack people who implement it on their own. So they ask external people like me uh, to help them implement. So definitely, you know, it's it's not only the corporates who. Uh, who come to me. Um, I get assignments in via the banks. I get assignments via the fintechs and via the, uh, the TMS vendors as well. Yes. Super interesting. And so on that very point, do you have assignments to go in a corporate, but found by a system vendor because they're like, Hey, we just sold the TMS to that company. They don't have the resources. They are wondering, Hey, should we hire a consultant to do that? Should we hire a treasury outsourcing team to do that? Whatever. And they're like, Hey, Wait a minute, I know uh, the amazing interim treasury manager who could do the job. And there you get, whilst the company didn't think about it mainly in the first place, they end up hiring an interim treasury management. Uh, yes, I've done that. Sure. I've, I've done that um, TMS implementation last year. The vendor told the corporate, uh, hey, it might make sense to, uh, to have a functional uh, Im implementation consultant uh, on your end mm. uh, who can help you make some critical choices at the beginning of the implementation. Like, hey, maybe we need a bank account rationalization. Maybe we should put up, implement a cash pool now uh, before we have the TMS implement implemented. Then we do another cash pool, and and then we have to link it to the uh, to the TMS again. And you know, uh, this TMS vendor told this corporate, if you hire Patrick, he has done loads of TMS implementations. Uh, you know what? Your implementation is going to go smoother. Um, yes, it's going to cost you some extra money, but but it's also. Uh, means less headaches and, and less problems in the implementation. So yeah, they, they did the intro. Of course, I still have to make the match and make sure the company hires me. That that was fine. I uh, know that uh, that definitely happens. Yeah, it happened last year and it was a successful implementation. So uh, I like it. Super interesting. And you already have two assignments at the same time. 
actually. Oh, yeah. How does it, yes. how does it go? You no, know, several times. Because not all, all assignments are full-time. Um, I think hmm. uh, when I just started out, I think 80-90% of it was full-time. Nowadays, it's uh, more like 60-70% is full-time. Okay, it's a struggle then. Uh, because if I have one part-time assignment, I have to find another part-time assignment. I do work from home a lot. Um, I, I don't travel too much. Uh, uh, corona has brought that to us. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm fa fairly thankful to Corona, which has showed us I don't have to be in the office four days a week. Uh, so I also can be more flexible. Currently, I have one full-time assignment uh, at the Social Hub, uh, where my interim head of treasury. I have two part-time assignments next to it, consultancy assignments next to it. Um, so I do work more than 40 hours, which is fine for me. Uh, I, I make that choice to say yes or no to assignment. So, so yes, um, it, it definitely happens. With me, it happens a lot because I'm, I'm fairly popular. Um, I'm never with, with a, <laughs> it. Fair. I, I don't want to say it in an arrogant way, uh, but in the, in the last, uh, I'm an interim manager since 11 years. In the last nine and a half years, I've never been without assignment. Um, I, I usually, it, it, before a big assignment ends, uh, I start going on LinkedIn more, uh, talking to people, hey, I'm available, or people come to me and they, they find me on LinkedIn. A small part also goes via recruiters, uh, via headhunters. So, uh, no, I'm always busy. So, uh, and because I, I like what I do, eh? um, I, I love treasury. I, I'm passionate about my job. Uh, I always tell my wife, I, I, I never work. Uh, she says, I, I work too many hours and I'm like, I, I don't even notice that, uh, because I do things which I love. I, yes, I do have sometimes tasks where I think, okay, I have to do some KYC bank forms with this client. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not looking forward to this. Classic. Um, Every single <laughs> time. Uh, Every time the same one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Banks, are you listening? Uh, we don't like your KYC <laughs> swap. Oh, no. Um, but, but usually I, I enjoy what I'm doing. Um, so in that sense, um, Yes, I do multiple assignments, but it, it's not hurting me. I even like doing that. And it's good for my risk management there, eh? because if, if one uh, assignment drops out or, or stops for whatever reason, usually interim contracts uh, allow a notice period, which is fairly short, uh, two weeks to four weeks. Uh, so a client can say, Patrick, I don't have budget anymore. I like you, uh, but uh, it ends here. Um, and then I have to look at my risk from my perspective. So, um, yeah. so it also helps to have multiple assignments. Fair. So two things. First thing is maybe you should invite your wife to start doing treasury and maybe she would not feel like she's working. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think she's that passionate. Uh, the, the funny thing is she started her career in banking, um, at a, okay. at a big uh, Dutch bank and I, I w once was with a client and, and I knew this client was, uh, was with, uh, uh, with, with that specific bank and I had to, had to call the bank that day. So I called the bank, uh, and I already heard that the voice, hello, ING bank. And I was like, okay, <laughs> hmm, this is probably not very compliant. Uh, um, uh, maybe I should talk to one of your small colleagues, conflict. Uh, small conflict, small yes, conflict. yes, uh, but, it, but it was, it was funny to, uh, uh, at dinner to sit at the table and, uh, her being on the other side, on the sell side and yeah. buy side, but no, she, she didn't enjoy uh, treasury and finance. Uh, she's a teaching assistant now and, and she's also following her passion and now she loves what she does. And I think that's more important. Indeed. 
definitely. So, because you mentioned some things here, but we want to keep it for the end of the episode because indeed you have a very strong personal branding and how this all aura is helping you like fight jobs. We're also interested in understanding how you go from assignment to assignment, but let's keep it for the for the end of the episode, creating a bit of tension mm. for the audience here. Um, before that, you mentioned an interesting thing, remote working. Do you, of course, not for your current company, but do you take roles from the Bahamas? Since you can be completely remote, like, is it possible to do your job from anywhere in the world and those that work or to maybe have an incentive for people thinking about becoming interim managers right now? Yeah. Um, I would love to go to the Bahamas. That's a nice yeah. one. Uh, on the beach with my laptop doing a cash position. Uh, <laughs> okay, YC. Well, okay. At least that's uh, okay. YC forms. Yeah, yeah. Um, theoretically, <laughs> yes, I can work from anywhere uh, as long as I have an internet connection. Hopefully, the client has a, a, a cloud environment or uh, the, the IT systems are equipped for that. But I, I think Corona taught them that. Eh? Um, uh, and force them to do that. Um, I think yeah. all companies are equipped to uh, to work remotely. I always have a discussion with them. Some are more flexible than others. So the time spent uh, in the office and the time spent remotely, it depends on, on the assignment. If it's a part-time assignment, they understand that I won't be in the office all the time. Especially if it's, uh, let's say it's a 20-hour assignment. Uh, I usually offer the client, okay, it's 20 hours, but I can do 20 hours, five days a week. Eh? So four, four-ish hours uh, uh, a day. So you, you do have me every day, but, but not full-time. Not But, but uh, I, I will check my emails. Uh, I will do operational tasks if needed every day. Uh, that, that's also possible. Um, but they understand then that I won't be coming to an office, especially if I have to travel slightly further uh, for four hours a day. Um, if there are specials, a bank meeting uh, or a project delivery, I will come to the office, no problem. It, it's it's part of the negotiation. How often do you need me in the office? Uh, and why do you need me in the office? Are there, are there certain reasons? Because the finance team, uh, every Wednesday, the finance team comes to the office. Yes, then, then I can't be working uh, the, the only one at home. Uh, I should be there as well. Um, but yeah, it depends on the client. Um, but usually the multinationals are more flexible. Um, they are more relaxed. Uh, while the smaller companies, they usually have policies in place and they really enforce these policies. I never liked the 50-50 one uh, because think about it, uh, two and a half days in the office, uh, how would that work? Uh, or one week free, the other one two. Don't put per percentages there. At, uh, find out what works for a certain team because for Treasury, it might make sense to have one or two dedicated uh, days in the office, but the whole team is there uh, to have a full day of meetings or collaborations, brainstorm or to just have a coffee together and, and talk about soccer or whatever. But it depends, uh, bigger finance teams, accounting teams, they might need more time uh, together in the office. Uh, for Treasury, I, I don't necessarily see the need always to be in the office a lot. I could work from the Bahamas, from Fiji, uh, whatever <laughs> time differences is, is a thing. Um, right. Very true. When I was with, uh, with booking.com, uh, I had a very international team and they allowed the team to, uh, to work from their home country, uh, one month a year. Um, but then if, That's cool. if you're from Brazil, you can work, uh, from there. Um, but, but we have certain deadlines, uh, in the Netherlands because that's where the central treasury was. 
Um, so it means that that person had to get up like like three in the morning um, mm. to to start the morning in the Netherlands. Uh, okay, she was off at two in the afternoon. Uh, yeah. Could go to the beach and sleep there. Um, <laughs> yes, you, you can be flexible, you know, um, as long as the work gets done. Um, yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't wouldn't care where you work, um, as long as the job gets done. Um, IT flexibility is always there. Connectivity. Um, it's not nice. better to be be in the office. Uh, you have all the information from here, from Fiji, uh, or from uh, South Africa. If you manage your time differences. You can work from everywhere. Good of times, the daily struggle. Yes, yes. that's it. Eh? Yeah. You, you need the money at the right time, at the right place. That's what treasury right. does. Indeed. Did you already have some pushback from the team? Because I suspect the, so the decision maker, when it comes to hiring an interim treasury manager is group treasurer, CFO, procurement, like leadership agrees on the decision. Did you already have pushback from the from the actual team, like saying, okay, there are benefits of having somebody completely external coming to our team, but there are perceived disadvantages as well. Did you already have some pushback? And seeing you nodding, how did you handle that? Yes. Um, <laughs> I have to be slightly careful here. Um, no names. No, <laughs> no names, no, Patrick. Of course, yeah, names. Yeah. Uh, definitely not. Um, yes, it happens. Um, you know that the team has, uh, okay, uh, there's this consultant coming in. Uh, he thinks he's going to know it all uh, or he's going to change up things in uh, in four to six months and then he's going to leave again um, and, and um, we're stuck with the mess. So no, it, it definitely happens where, where people dislike you just because you're an external um, or, or you, you come in and try to change a lot of things. Um, and I don't come in to change things. Uh, I come in and change things to improve things and to make things better. And, and that's that's what I'm trying to convene the message here. Eh? Like, uh, hey, if we change this process, uh, it's one hour less work. Or if we do it like this, we're gonna save 100K. Uh, so why shouldn't we, we, we be doing that? Um, uh, but if you look at like, like that, it's a no brainer. Eh? If you need efficiency uh, or, or money out. But in some cases, the people who are there 10, 15, 20 years, uh, and I come in, and I tell them, hey guys, we can improve here. Um, yeah, they see that as an attack because they, they, they see that as uh, as critique, like, uh, and I will never say it like, you should have improved last year or you should have done that 10 years ago. Oh, okay, we're flagging it now. Um, I'm seeing it, let's improve it and look at the future and enjoy this improved treasury. Uh, and not look back in the last 20 years or 15 years, 10 years, uh, okay, you already could have done this. Um, I'm, I, I'm blaming you that you have not improved this. Um, no, of course not. Um, you've been busy. Oh, there've been other reasons. Uh, you don't even need a reason. Uh, let's look at the future and improve. Um, but I always have people who perceive it like that, who, um, that I come in uh, and, and that, uh, that is critique to them that they haven't, uh, or, or that I'm the know-it-all uh, and tells them how to do it. Uh, Yes, uh, I can deal with those people, you know, um, I'm, I'm fine anyway. Uh, uh, usually I, I create a business case uh, and, and then I have support from the CFO or, or from the wider team uh, to do it anyway. Uh, it's part of the change management and the stakeholder management. Talk us through how um, you get hired into companies. 
Patrick. So are you competing with the consultants and the treasury outsourcing companies and whatnot? Are you in like one RFP with all of them? Or are you really, do people really go out saying, no, I need an interim treasurer? And then what's the recruiting process or the hiring process around that? Yeah. So there are different ways for a company to do it. Uh, they can do it themselves. Uh, that uh, uh, the treasury department asks the HR, uh, hey, HR, I need an interim treasury manager. Um, and then it ends up with HR. HR needs needs to find me. Uh, that, that's already a problem um, because HR doesn't have the network or the and going out there, treasury, what is treasury? Um, uh, I need to tick certain boxes, cash pooling, debt management, all these difficult words. Uh, for, for HR, it's usually difficult to directly source, uh, to, to find the people, they don't have the network. Um, so if it goes via HR, HR would often source an external um, hiring company um, and, and headhunter in between, um, a recruiter, uh, who specialized in, in finding interim treasury people. Um, I work with all of these together. Um, so the company, HR, hires the uh, headhunter or the, the, the recruitment company, and then the recruitment company sources me or my colleagues or different interim managers. And then we're in competition, of course. Uh, may the best man win. Uh, that, that, that's how it works. Okay, depends on, on, on knowledge, fit, um, and budget. That, that's one process. Um, the other process is where the treasury can source directly. They have their own budget. They can go out to the market themselves. And some treasuries, they already know me. They, they know other uh, interim treasury managers. Uh, and they can reach out to me directly, of course, um, to hire me directly. Uh, just a direct contract then, instead of a headhunter or recruiter in between. Yes, it's more work uh, to to search yourself and to talk to everybody. Uh, are you available? Are you not available? Do you have your CV? Uh, check through it. Uh, are you a match? Yes or no? Uh, but it's also going to save you money because there's no headhunter in between. Um, so those happen a lot. Um, and in some cases, yes, I'm, I'm in competition with the, with the big consultants because um, that's also an easy route to take for corporate. Um, hey, I need somebody in. I need a consultant interim manager. Um, you ask your, um, your accounting consultant or your audit consultant or your treasury consultant, uh, one of the big names, uh, do you have somebody available as well? Um, pricing wise, there's a premium to that because you're also paying for their, for their big name. Um, but those are the free routes to take to, to hire somebody. When I just started out, I think, uh, 90% was, was via headhunters recruiters. Um, now I've built up my name, my reputation, LinkedIn. Now it's like 50, 50. So I, uh, half of it, I, I source myself, uh, or I'm being found on LinkedIn and the other half is still via intermediaries, uh, which is fine. Eh? Intermediaries work fine. Uh, they do their sales. They have their, their special networks. Uh, and, and some big corporates have policies in place, uh, that they don't want to work together with, uh, with the smaller firms themselves. Um, so, so it has to go via intermediaries, um, but all fine. Huh? As, as long as we land the assignment in the end, um, I, I'm happy. No, is there specific types of companies that you see commonly looking for interim treasures? 
either treasurers keep leaving from that industry and that's <laughs> that's, a, that's that's a red flag in itself or uh, a lot of implementations happen there or a lot of bank changes happen there or whatever else is there or or are you quite spread across yeah. do you yourself become a little bit specialized in specific types of companies as an interim treasurer as well say hey yeah i i do i have done you know five big automotive companies in the past and therefore i understand manufacturing and therefore a manufacturing interim consultant is a specialty yeah. or not really either no like i said before the industry doesn't matter too much because treasury is treasury there is of course a correlation between the company size and and treasury size uh, and and the bigger treasury is the more complex it is uh, the more people work there um so so the higher the chance that they need an interim treasurer um so if you scroll through my LinkedIn, you see more bigger names than smaller names. Of course, you need a certain size uh, from a company to, to already need and have a treasurer. Um, so my smallest client, 50 to 150 million turnover a year. Uh, th th that's really the bare minimum because you need a certain complexity in your company. A lot of bank accounts, uh, uh, complex cash flows, uh, different financing structure, or a lot of FX. Um, then you need a treasurer. Uh, so then you need a certain size. Uh, so smallest 50 to 150 million. My biggest client had 10 billion. Um, but my average client has 500 million plus uh, turnover, um, a, a treasury of two to five people because they have the complexities. If, if you have a team of five and one person leaves, uh, that's 20% capacity loss. That, that hurts. That hurts the team. They, they need somebody in quickly. If you add a TMS implementation or any project to a team of five, that also hurts workload-wise. So the, 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 those types of organizations and the interest industry doesn't really matter. Um, and I think slightly advice, you also don't want to get a, a, a stamp on your name. Uh, oh, Patrick is only an automotive uh, and, and then you can't do the trick. Um, some clients specifically ask, um, would be helpful if you have uh, our industry knowledge. Um, I've never seen that. Why why that should uh, should be beneficial? Um, because yes, of course, knowing the industry. But then again, treasury is like I will check how many bank accounts you have, where the money is, is it at the right spot, um, and and where's my risk? Uh, is it an FX interest rate uh, or refinancing? Um, and then it doesn't matter if you sell pens or autos. Uh, or airplanes, um, it, it matters then only in the cash flow. Uh, do, do I get cash inflows and outflows of one euro every time? Uh, or do I get uh, only five inflows a day for, for 10 million? Uh, that makes a difference in cash flow forecasting or in cash management. Uh, but in the end, it's treasury is about where's my money? Uh, do I have enough money? Can I pay my salaries? Uh, can I pay my invoice? No, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> treasury is treasury uh, in, in that sense. Uh, so industry, I wouldn't care really. Amazing. That was a great treasure crash course. Thank you. I think we just summarized our entire podcast exactly. series, Patrick. Okay, I don't know why we did 200. <laughs> I don't know why we did 200 episodes. So I well just got you on for five minutes to summarize <laughs> treasury for us like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. It's, it's, it's so easy. It was a good summary. It was a good summary. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, can you give us an idea of the cost range that people are looking for when they get interim treasure versus an FTE, let's say? 
how much more expensive are you than than a full-time hire so that at least people know okay if i have patrick or equivalent for six months mm -hmm. it's going to be a factor of 1.5 to more than the hiring a full-time person okay interesting question um you should never compare with with, with salary or, or with FTEs okay. because it, it's first of all it's a different budget, um, it's a different way of paying somebody. Um, yeah, I'm I'm invoiced there, so so I'm always on an hourly rate. Um, yes, money is sometimes a discussion, um, so I'm at a one hundred euro an hour plus range. Um, so, okay. so that, that's where, where I start. Um, usually on average, I'm at a 125 plus, uh, but it depends on the assignment. Mm. Okay. If your budget is 70, 80 euros, then I'm, I'm way overqualified. Then, then you're talking cash managers, uh, uh analysts. Uh, yes, mm. I could do that. Um, but then it, I, I'm, I'm too expensive. Um, mm. and of, of course I will change my rate, uh, a group treasurer, treasury director rate, uh, is slightly higher than, uh, than, than a treasury manager rate, uh, or, mm. but, but that's titles. Uh, I've been, been with companies where cash manager, uh, is, is the, the, the end responsible person in treasury. Uh, so even mm. though it's only cash manager, it's, 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 it's <laughs> indeed, it's a group treasurer. So. No, uh, if it's about the money, uh, then I should already be in. Um, okay, if, if, if we're close together, uh, it's, it's a negotiation. Eh? We, we should always uh, end up shaking hands there. Um, it is, of course, it, it has to be talked about uh, because yeah. if, if the expectations and, and the reality is, is, is too far, uh, not even close, both sides. Uh, it, it, it should work both sides. Um, but yes, you, you also have to factor in, yes, it's much more expensive than salary, but if I only have to stay four to six months, um, after that time, it goes back to zero again. Right. And, um, because of my experience, uh, I don't need training. I need less training. Um, I can do the same things in, in less hours. I had that with one client once where the budget was too high. So I told the client, okay, um, let's take a pen and. Uh, out of these 10 tasks, uh, let's mark the, the, the six or seven, which are really important to you, uh, and, and forget about the, the other four. And then we can, I can do it in 24 hours. Um, and so, so we had a match there. Uh, I only worked 24 hours for this client. It was within his budget. Um, and his main operational tasks were done. I didn't focus on the projects because I, I didn't have time. Um, but the operations were covered. So the, mm -hmm. so the group pleasure was, was happy there. Um, so budget wise, uh, there should always be a solution, um, because it's always temporary. Um, so we shouldn't worry too much about, uh, the money. Um, yeah. yes, it's more expensive than, than a salary and an FTE. Uh, but then again, if I stay four to six months, uh, and somebody on salary stays, uh, three to five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it ends up and, and it's different budgets, uh, salary budget is usually the HR budget. Uh, I come out of a uh, consultancy budget, uh, which is a different bucket. Uh, uh, I was even with a client once who, um, he didn't have budget to hire people, uh, FTEs, uh, but he had consulting budget, uh, so he could, could hire me, 
specifically for, for a certain job and project for a certain time uh, because he had budget for me. Uh, same other way around. I was with a client once and he said like, yes, my budget is with HR. Um, so, uh, so it's very difficult to hire you. Uh, so he was pushing for, for a salary solution where I go on a payroll. Um, some interim managers do that. Huh? They, they, they can go on payrolls. I don't do that. Uh, I also cannot do that because of uh, uh, the, the way my, my own company is set up. Um, I'm already on salary. Um, I, I'm on salary with my own company. So I am already on payroll. So I cannot be on payroll twice. And tax-wise, that's, that's not very beneficial to me. But, uh, but some interim managers can do that. Um, I think it's less interesting um, money-wise, but, uh, but hey, that's, that's a different story. It's more about taxes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, Patrick. To put things a bit in perspective as well, um, I want to, to bring up to the attention. So some of our people from our audience will have worked with uh, consultants. Uh, the cause that you just highlighted here is very reasonable when you compare it to a consultant rate, for instance. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to enter into the details, but uh, that sounds very reasonable. And that being said, you definitely bring that consulting experience on top of the interim treasury assignment, right? Yes. The 10, 15 companies you've worked out, the different structure, different processes, different systems that you have experience on. That's experience that some consulting company would die for when looking for a, to hire I don't know, treasury manager or even above. Yeah. So that's something you bring. And that's not taking into account neither the potential savings. And I think you've highlighted it at the beginning of this episode, but like there are significant savings that you can come and directly identify because, and thanks to that experience that A, hiring a typical FTE wouldn't come with and B, certain consultant would charge much more because of the saving structure that they would bring together. Yeah. So that sounds like a very, very reasonable, um, no, indeed, I think more than half of my clients, uh, bottom line, if I do the calculations, I save the money. Um, mm -hmm. so the money I saved, especially if you look a longer range after I leave, um, it, it's a positive business case story. Um, yeah, of course I, it, it's sometimes a convincing, um, um, story. So, so I come in with, I, I also do my own business development eh? and then, then I pitch with, uh, uh with, with clients. Uh, and I'm also trying with those, the, those company ranges where, um, you don't have a full-time treasurer, uh, but you're big enough to have treasury complexities. Uh, so the CFO, the group controller does treasury on the side. So they do a little bit of debt financing. They do some FX hatching, um, or they look at the cash management once a week. Um, I know I can save money for these clients, uh, because. Uh, a treasurer, with all respect, say CFO, I'm a treasurer. I know all about treasury. CFO, you, you know much more than me about the different things uh, and have different responsibilities. But without arrogance, I can do the treasury better than you can. Um, <laughs> and doing a treasury better means, uh, it's very easy, it's all about the money. So doing a treasury better means more efficient and cheaper. So it, it's just a price times quantity calculation. Um, and, and I'm really being a quantitative now, uh, really rational, just do the calculation. Um, if I can come into a company, um, do the hardcore grinding and look at cash management, FX, debt, uh, all the stuff, which costs money, uh, and, and do all the optimizations, um, nah, two months is going to cost you 
uh, or therefore 40, 50K. Uh, if I can save 60K, and usually it's recurring cost, um, there's already your business case. Huh? But again, this sale is, is very difficult to make uh, because some CFOs, some, some controllers, some companies, CEOs, they, they will feel offended like, hmm, um, why can, can you do it better? Uh, or feel ashamed like, hmm, why, why have we left all this, this money on the table uh, all the time? Uh, yeah. but, but yes, my rates are fairly, this 125 euros an hour um, against the consultants, the, the, the big names, that, that isn't a lot. But I, I just told you, eh, I, I've never been without assignment in the last nine and a half years. Uh, I don't want to have this, this very high rate. And I could probably ask it uh, for some clients, uh, but that would probably mean because of a higher rate that I'm sometimes without an assignment. And I wouldn't like that. I would, would, would be bored. Uh, so, so I'd rather be busy. Uh, and uh, it, it's not a rate where, where you say, okay, um, uh, I feel well compensated for, for my knowledge and, and what I do. Uh, and, and I'm busy all the time. So now well, I like what I do and that, that keeps me busy. Yeah, it's a, it's a trade-off okay. between rate and competitive offering, of course. Yeah, between the free time in the Bahamas versus enjoying the treasury life. Uh, of, uh, indeed, indeed uh, I could do a lower rate for the Bahamas <laughs> if they, uh, I, I do want some accommodation close to the beach then. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Also, Patrick, for, for treasurers or maybe people in parallel industries, but interested into pursuing a career in interim treasury management, what recommendations would you give them? Like, how does that work? Yeah, um, you create your own company, you start and uh, you go out there and say, I'm an interim manager, and then you hope to get hired. Uh, <laughs> that's a very short <laughs> um, Of course, uh, that's also the advice I got when I, when I was 30 years old. Uh, Patrick, you need this knowledge. Yeah? You, you need to be 50 years old and have done it all. Right. Uh, and, and, and then people hire you. People won't hire you if you don't have the knowledge. So you, you do need some entrepreneurial spirit to go out there and, and get your assignments. The assignments are not going to come to you automatically. Uh, you need to be found. And even if you're found, you need to land the assignment. You need to convince your client, hey, I'm the guy for you. I can do this. Um, you can only convince a client uh, if you know what you're talking about. So you, you need the knowledge the technical knowledge. Yes, I've done this in treasury. I can do this for you. Uh, I've done it with this and this and this client. That's the ticking the boxes. Can you do it? That, that's only the CV uh, and, and ticking the boxes. Okay, fine. Uh, but then uh, the rest is, is the person. Right? You're also not, not hiring the, all these boxes, all this technical knowledge. You're also hiring specifically Patrick Koons, uh, who is a certain type, who is a certain character. Um, uh, do I fit in the team? Um, uh, do I match with, uh, with the other treasurers or, or the managers in the team with the rest of the organization? Yeah, and you win some and you lose someone there. At the beginning of my career, sometimes it was a disadvantage that I was 30, 31 years old. Uh, people were like, hmm, uh, you lack this 25 years of knowledge. Uh, and I have another interim manager who has uh, already 25 years of knowledge. Uh, I'd rather go for him. But then I had another client, uh, fintechy, uh, very young organization. They said, mm. hmm, 
maybe this old gray person, uh, 25 years uh, experience, uh, he, he has the technical knowledge, but, but he will not fit in the team or, or she, and uh, I fit it in the team much better. Uh, so I think 80% is of course ticking the boxes, knowing what you're talking about and can you do the job? 20, 25% is, uh, is there a click? Uh, do you fit the team uh, and your personality? Do, does it match? Because um, I, I, I still do, I still do interviews with clients, uh, like I would do uh, for a fixed position. Um, I'm very much trained in interviews because I've done a lot of those, um, so I've I've become good at those. So so it helps. Uh, my success rate is ninety percent. So if I'm invited for an inter interview. Uh, uh, nine out of the ten cases, I I, I won them. Uh, of course, sometimes you're not even invited invited to the interview. Eh? So my success rate <laughs> is, is is slightly lower. Um, but yes, I've been busy all the time. So my advice, if you want to start as an interim manager, you need the knowledge, um, but you you need to also be the person. Uh, you, you need to be outgoing. You need to be able to 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 change to to adapt to a company um, and. To, to, don't sit sit on the couch and wait for Simons to 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 come to you. Even if your CV or, or your career or your experience is uh, is is top notch, you still have to land the assignment. Yeah. Talk to us about this. Talk to us about the LinkedIn profile that you mentioned a few times in the episode. Like, what are the things you do on your treasury? Oh, sorry, on your LinkedIn profile. I see the the treasury Google, for instance, yeah. interim FX. Mm -hmm. Do you optimize for certain keywords? Do you, you mentioned being close to certain recruitment companies, all those recruitment companies, especially Treasury will tell you LinkedIn is your visit card, your business card, whatever you name it. What do you do on LinkedIn that would probably be different than um, a normal treasurer in a, as an FTE role would do? Yeah, no, and a treasurer in an FTE role, if you could do that, um, just to be out there here. My, my LinkedIn profile is is indeed um, my CV. It's it's my gateway to the world, um, showing hey, this is Patrick Koons, this this is knowledge, this is my knowledge, this is what I've done. Yeah, and you have to be on on, on top of there all the time. Eh? You, you can post a blog now uh, or, or write something there now in three or four days. Uh, it's it's gone. It's it's down there already. Uh, people have scrolled on. Um, and, and you're gone. So you have to continuously um, post, be out there. Um, you don't have to write a blog every every day um, or, or, or post content. Um, just just put a reaction or read an article. And if you like the article, uh, put a like in there or maybe a small comment there on, on something. Because um, uh, I, I try to create a lot of content on, on LinkedIn. Um, and then, uh, and I'm not fishing for likes, you know, um, and, and then again, <laughs> we, will. Get we will put the like, button. The, the, thanks. <laughs> thanks guys. I appreciate it. Um, and then I get like, like 10 likes or something. And then I'm like, mm, okay, nice. Uh, 10 people liked it. Uh, and, but then I go to a treasury conference or just talk to people, people like, Hey Patrick, really interesting article you wrote uh, last time or this blog post. And then I was think back and like, Hey, you didn't even like it or <laughs> not, not, not saying you have to like it, uh, but I'm, I'm really saying like, right. uh, it, it's getting noticed and it's getting read more. Um, 
Yeah? Some people send a lot uh, and some people only receive and, and they like to read and stay up to, up to date. Perfectly fine. Um, but my advice, if you want to be an interim manager, want to be out there, you have to, you have to send, um, you have to be out there more. Um, like I said, you can't expect all the things that, that come to you. And yes, I think this year I, I changed my top line to Treasury Guru. Little bit on, I, I, I doubted that a little bit. I was like, is, is that too much? Uh, is that a uh, uh, little bit arrogant maybe? Um, but you have to stand out there. Eh? You have to stand out a little bit. Uh, you're in competition with the rest. Um, eh? The rest has the same knowledge than me. Eh? If, if you're ticking boxes, I'm not different to them. Eh? So the differentiating factor is, uh, is Patrick Kunz, is me, uh, the way I am. Uh, and, and not taking the boxes different. That, that, that's not where you're going to make a difference. Yeah. So yes, you have so, to be out there. Uh, I spent half an hour to an hour a day on LinkedIn on average, on average. So that's a very interesting point you make here. And we have that a lot. So on City One One LinkedIn page, obviously we, we publish all the podcast related stuff. Usually that those were lots of likes, the guests we share, the friends of the guests we share, our audience likes, we share and so on. We also publish often some infographics, like a one-pager about a specific treasury topic. Uh, get some likes, sometimes it explodes, goes viral, but most of them are just like a few likes. And yet one of the most common comments we have from people outside of LinkedIn is like, oh, I love the infographics that you guys do. And we're like, okay, but then like share it, yes. like it. But no, it's, it's not about that. It's like about all the eyeballs that you get by posting consistently and being out there on LinkedIn that you wouldn't get otherwise. And then you start getting renowned for it, especially if you do it consistently for a period of time. Yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, I like the infographics. I saw 10 of them. And it's like, oh, wow. So it has an impact. It's just not measurable in the analytics of LinkedIn per se, but people start to know you for certain stuff. And that's typically it. Super interesting. Yeah, no, indeed. And of course I started out as, as Patrick Kunz, me, uh, me being the brand. Uh, trying to push it a little bit to, to my company, Pecunia Treasury and Finance, to make it more generic, to make it more company and not necessarily me. Um, but that, that's a challenge because I have five and a half thousand followers uh, and Pecunia only has 1,200. So I already know if I post on the company page, it's going to be less successful than if I post it. So it's always a struggle, company, me, uh, but in the end, it doesn't matter. Uh, as long as the, the link between me and the company works. Um, so far it works. How do you, how do you grow treasurer? Uh, sorry. How do you grow followers on LinkedIn for a treasury specific page? Totally interested question here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, of course. Um, yeah, I, I think you can uh, invite 200 people a month uh, to, to follow it, uh, but that's an invitation. Um, I, I try to post the content on, on both, uh, on my, on my own company. Um, and, and on, on mine, uh, and then trying to share so you can at least see I, I'm sharing for my company page. Um, but even then I'm, uh, no, nobody knows how the, the, the LinkedIn uh, statistics work and the algorithm works. Uh, um, in some cases, maybe company pages are higher than personal pages. Uh, you have a certain, uh, fan base in your LinkedIn, uh, who, who see your content more than others uh, do. Because others are like, oh, I didn't even see your content. Uh, depends on the amount of connections they have, obviously. Um, so I agree. The only thing is, um, even if you have a great post, if nobody sees it, uh, it's lost. Eh? Um, and and, it, and it, it's down there again. 
So consistency is key. Post a lot, post more. Uh, and I sometimes see that uh, I track my connections. Uh, and of course, I go up in connections. And sometimes I have like this blimp in, in connections. It's <laughs> minus one, minus two. And then I always wonder like, oh, what happened to this person? What did I say? <laughs> that, that they say, okay, Patrick, now I, uh, it's too much. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Um, I don't know. Or, or they, they remove their LinkedIn profile. You never know. But it always makes me curious, like, what post pushed them across the line to say, bye, I'm out. Um, uh, you'll never find out. But uh, just the funny statistics. Uh, you you guys have that sometimes as well, probably, where you go up, 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 and then you go back a little bit. And then you're like, no, why? <laughs> Don't take it personally, Patrick. No. They might just be cleaning up their LinkedIn followers, Indeed. or they might just... They might have disconnected their LinkedIn or exactly, whatever, right? Exactly. So it, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I will say also, people buy from people, not from companies. It's one of our favorite lines. Mm -hmm. So having a personal brand, especially in today's like day and age, is arguably more important than the company brand. Yeah. Especially for someone like you, where, like you said, you're not that different to other interim treasurers. But the difference in skill set, let's say, but the difference is Patrick Kunz himself. So yeah. no, perhaps indeed. indeed it makes sense for you to really push your personal brand as people will hire you because you're you, not because of your skill set. Because the skill set is perhaps average on the market. So I think that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so you, Patrick, you covered a couple uh, different pros and cons about being interim treasurer. Could you just summarize those for, for us on both sides? So professionally and personally, what are the pros and cons of being interim treasurer? Well, pros, um, you move from company to company, you gain a lot of, uh, of knowledge, you see a lot of kitchens from the inside. The money might be slightly better, but uh, it should never be about, uh, about money. So those are the pros. Um, the cons are, yeah, if you're an interim manager, you don't have the security on a, on a fixed salary. You don't get paid if you're on holiday. You have to find your own assignments. Um, you have to keep finding assignments. So that has to fit uh, fit your character. Uh, and the, the con is sometimes you're this external guy uh, who is not invited to uh, to the Christmas strings. Um, well, usually I am. Eh? Usually I am. <laughs> so we feel some uh, some resentment here. <laughs> who was it? Who didn't invite you, Patrick? Yeah. Name and shame them. Say other interim treasurers don't go here. They don't invite you to the Christmas prints. Yeah, send, send me a DM. I will tell you now. I won't. I won't. I won't. Don't send me this DM. Um, so 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 that huh? uh, it's, it's all about the flexibility. It, it it's fun. Uh, you will learn a lot in in a short time. Um, you see a lot of kitchens from the inside, um, but you have to deal with the uncertainty of uh, maybe not having an assignment uh, two months from now. Um, you're basically an entrepreneur uh, if you do that, uh, and you have to be able to live with that. Uh, I, I talked to a person a couple of months ago who said, Patrick, I want to be an interim manager. It looks so cool uh, what you do on LinkedIn. Uh, and of course, it's part of the show eh, that, uh, that on LinkedIn it might look very cool. Uh, but but I also told told him like um, how can you sleep if you don't have an assignment for one two maybe three months because if you have nothing it's time zero you have no cash flow uh, are you able to will you get nervous uh, can you sleep uh, he said uh, no I will get very nervous um, then I'm like maybe don't do it um, I wouldn't get nervous 
uh, I, I would use the time uh, to spend uh, developing other products or uh, new tools or, or whatever, or spend more time on marketing. Um, not that, that I've been in that situation a uh, long time, but, but still, uh, I could handle it. So that, that's awesome advice. Huh? Um, only become an interim manager if you, if you can handle it. Uh, if you can handle the downtime, uh, uh, yeah, if you can handle the ups, you also have to can handle the downs. Mm. Solid advice. Um, are there any specific uh, services that you offer your clients as interim manager or is it really just across the board, like you said before? Or is there anything that you don't do? Is there any treasure task you don't do? No. Is there a day when you will stop doing KYC? <laughs> <laughs> Start saying no to KYC. <laughs> I don't, 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 don't ever want to do KYC again. Um, <laughs> I, I will still do it. Uh, no, I won't say no. Um, again, it's a trade-off between um, money and, and, and tasks, certain level. Um, mm -hmm. If I have to do a lot of operational tasks, uh, it might be too expensive. But no, um, I'm, I'm still, I'm not arrogant to say uh, it's too operational for me. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, why not? Uh, if it's part of the task, uh, I will do it. Um, but yes, service offering, uh, that, that's a nice one. I'm, I'm trying to build uh, a company, uh, not necessarily uh, Patrick Koons as an interim manager. Uh, okay, the problem is Patrick Koons as an interim manager is very successful. Um, so I'm always fully booked. Um, so I don't necessarily have time to, to, to build extra services. Um, but I do on my company website, I do have a treasury scan, for example, uh, which, which is a quick and dirty way uh, with, with a checklist and, uh, and a questionnaire uh, for new clients to come in. Is my treasury good? Is my treasury good enough uh, to, to get a, a treasury checklist? Uh, do you get a red cross uh, or, or a yellow check mark uh, on, on all the treasury items? Um, and it's a very cheap one. It's only 800 euros because it's quick and dirty. Uh, with the questions I'm going to ask you, I'm going to find out, okay, this one is okay, this one is good. Okay, here you, you, you don't have much attention. Uh, maybe in a follow-up assignment, we focus there, um, and I'm going to save you a lot of money. Uh, I do the same with uh, foreign exchange. Um, there's a lot of potential there, um, uh, and I don't want to be bank bashing, but uh, the cost of uh, AVIX trading, it, it's usually hidden, uh, and you've done podcasts on those because I've, I've heard them, uh, they, <laughs> they, they are often hidden in the rate. Eh? Um, so it's yeah. not like you get an, uh, you buy something and you get an invoice. These, these were your costs, because uh, yeah. it's, it's hidden in the rate. Uh, so there's a big saving potential there. Um, so I build an uh, FX scan. Um, I even do that one for free uh, because it, it only takes me half an hour. Again, quick and dirty. Uh, these are the five deals which I've done uh, at that rate. Uh, if I get a timestamp on it, uh, I will look back on what the margin was on that FX deal. Uh, and then I can help the client, hey, uh, let's uh, in interpolate uh, to, to a whole year. Uh, this is the volume. This is the saving. Uh, we can save you a lot of money, yes or no. Uh, and often it's a yes. Uh, so that's an extra service. Um, yeah, and now... Uh, I'm, I'm expanding a lot with, with Pecunia um, because I've, I've seen how can I grow as a company. Um, I'm at my limits. Um, I already at uh, 50 hours a week. Um, I am at my certain uh, uh, price level. 
the only grow I ha growth I have is 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 a higher hourly rate, uh, which is a di di difficult sell to make. What uh, uh, that I don't necessarily want to make, um, and sometimes I get requests in, and I have to tell the client, sorry, no, uh, come back in now. It's come back in March twenty four. Uh, because that's that's when I'm uh, the earliest available. So if a client comes in now, I'm like, sorry, no, I, I cannot handle more clients. Um, I'm already at my capacity. And then I always feel bad, like, uh, hmm, yeah, there was a potential client there, and I have to send him away. Uh, and I'm happily sent him to, to, to my colleagues, uh, but it was very ad hoc to uh, be doing that because I didn't know who was available. So what we did, and, and I'm, I'm the most commercial one. I'm the most active one on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I go out there. So I, I talked to my colleagues, uh, my other interim managers. Um, uh, it's about 40 of them. Um, and I told them, huh, what if we work together? Uh, what if I have an assignment coming in? And I tell the client, yes, we can do that. Um, you're not getting Patrick Koons. You're getting a, a different consultant. I know there's 40 people to work with. Uh, they are subcontractors from us, um, so they're not on my payroll. Uh, I contract them. I know their skill sets, uh, so I can judge, okay, this, this guy can do this uh, 80%. This guy can hit the ground running. He can, can do that immediately. And it's going to help me, working together with 40 uh, associate consultants, uh, to build a bigger brand and a bigger pecunia. Uh, so we just launched that uh, uh, um, last month. Uh, we've been building nice. that uh, on, on the background. So basically, if you ask me for an interim manager now, uh, I have a pool of 40, 45 people, uh, which I can ask and, uh, and then cool. put on assignments. Um, they're not all available. Approved by Patrick Kuhn. Approved <laughs> by Pecunia. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely. And, and it's a way to uh, to work together as, as a market and... Uh, of course, my fellow interim managers, yes, we're competitors, but no, we're colleagues. And no, we're colleagues more often than we are competitors. So we're all better off working together um, than uh, treating us as competitors. Uh, and I think 90, 95% of the market sees it like that. Mm -hmm. I do have some uh, uh, interim managers in Treasury who don't want to link with me, who see me as a full competitor. Fine, uh, uh, no hard feelings, good luck. The other 90%, uh, we are friends, we know each other, uh, we help each other out. We even have a WhatsApp group if, if, if people have questions there. Um, hey, this bank has 20 pages of KYC, does the other banks also have that? Uh, then then we, we help each other out and uh, or very specific questions. Uh, uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm trading some African currencies, um, seeing huge spreads, uh, do, 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 do you have other banks? Uh, and, and that way we help each other out as, as a pool of consultants, as um, so a Q&A, um, but also uh, giving each other assignments. Um, yeah, it's all in, in our interest to work together. Um, and then the idea really is to, to for Pecunia to take a stand against the big consultant, eh? um, moving a slightly <laughs> away from this one-man show, Patrick Wins, uh, to really Pecunia being a a big treasury, treasury consultant, bigger treasury consultancy. Very nice. Patrick, one last point. Um, you speak at a lot of events, or at least at your finance, we've seen you in, in many panel discussions and so on. Is that part of the personal branding that we just touched upon? Is it rather for signing clients on the spot? Because your finance is obviously not to have many, many treasurers there. 
I mean, networking is an important part of it, or is it just for fun? Like what role does speaking at events on top of being very present on LinkedIn and so on plays for you and for the Ethereum treasury management part of it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything which you mentioned. Uh, if, <laughs> if the goal is signing clients, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, for me, main point, it's fun. It's fun to do. <laughs> I, I like to be on stage and talk about treasury. I don't necessarily like to be on stage. I lot, like to talk about treasury. Um, the first time I was asked for this, I was very nervous. I was like, oh my God, I have to be on stage. 200 people are looking at me or 150, doesn't matter. What if I say something stupid or I don't know. Um, so again, if I, if I would have said no, uh, I, I might have, wouldn't have been here where I am now. So yes, it's part of the personal branding as well. Uh, it's part of my brand to be on stages uh, and be in webinars and in panels every couple of months. Uh, and I'm being asked for that, uh, which I take as an honor. And the fact that I like doing that, I like to talk about treasury. I do have this knowledge, so I can easily do it. Yes, it's this combination: personal branding, being out there, and the goal is not the goal is nothing. Um, no expectations. Uh, if, if nothing comes out of it, perfectly fine. Uh, maybe a few new connections, perfectly fine. I usually don't sign clients at those uh, uh, those things. Um, maybe indirectly because you have a new network, meet new people talk to new people, bigger network, uh, bigger reach, um, but it should never be the goal. You know? Amen. Makes lots of sense. Patrick, I think that was an absolute masterpiece on interim treasury management. Thanks, uh, thanks a thousand for that. Sure. Is there anything we didn't touch upon that you'd like to share with our audience or did we cover it all? I think we talked extensively about uh, what is interim man management. We've done 200 podcasts in, uh, in, in two minutes. So uh, <laughs> in, in that sense, um, uh, we talked about KRC a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's fun talking to you guys. Uh, I liked it. Likewise. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. If people want to know more about you, Pecunia Treasury and Finance VV or your services, where should they go? They can go to my website, um, uh, pecuniatf.nl. Uh, or on my LinkedIn and uh, invite me as a connection. Uh, I'm happy to link. Um, I'm going to accept you if you're treasury, treasury related. Um, yes, um, let, let, let's Perfect. share a network. So, uh, yes. Yeah, we'll do. We will post all the link in the descriptions. Patrick, thank you so much. Yes, thanks as well. Thanks, guys.